Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Today's message title, if you're taking notes, is Vision. And I've been seeing, giving single word uh, titles to these messages just to, to, because that's the main focus that we're looking at today. Now, every promise of God is meant to have an effect on you. This is a very important thing that sometimes we miss and we dismiss. This is the part of promises that we tend to just overlook. See, when I promised my children that I was going to teach them how to swim, it meant that they needed to be willing to learn how to swim. They needed to be willing to jump in the water, and they needed to be willing to place their bodies and their lives in my hands so that I could teach them how to swim. Now imagine that I promised them I'm going to teach you how to swim, and they show up to the pool wearing knee pads and a helmet and elbow pads like they're going on a bike ride. It's not the proper way to prepare, right? So to receive the promise, they needed to orient their minds, to orient their expectation, to orient their their vision toward that promise. That meant they needed to put on a bathing suit, walk to the pool, and let dad teach them how to swim. And the same is true when it comes to God's promises. See, the problem we face is that many people want the promises of God, but they are not allowing God's promises to have a proper effect in their lives. We have people that they want the promise of prosperity, but they they don't want commitment to integrity. They want the promise of longevity without commitment to faithfulness. They want the promise of honor, good fame, without the, com- the, the commitment to excellence. And I can keep going. They want trustworthiness while lying when it's convenient. They want a godly life while chasing worldly things. And you can't have this disparity. If you are going to walk in the promises of God, it's important to align our lives with our expectations. How can anyone expect the promises of God to be true in their lives while simultaneously turning away from those very promises with their actions? It can't happen. It's a disparity. It's a paradox. Friends, God makes promises. He doesn't cast spells. He makes promises. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul, what father of the faith, uh, wrote to the Corinthians. Check 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says, For no matter how pro- many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us through the glory of God. What is he saying? What is this church father telling us? He's saying the yes to all of God's promises is found in Christ. That means the yes to God's promises is found in living in the way of Christ. When you live in the way of Christ, God's promises come to pass. So that's the broad idea of today's message that everyone, uh, uh, everyone of God, the good shepherd's promises to you 
are meant to have an effect in your life, are meant to orient your life, are meant to point your life in a specific direction. God's promises are not loose statements independent from you just hanging in the ether, independent from your way of life. They are not meant to exist detached from you, hung on a wall in your living room, or on a t-shirt, you know, like, I love Jesus and tacos. <laughs> I know it's meant to be funny. Have you ever seen those? I love Jesus and tacos. Wait a minute. One is to feed your hunger. The other one is the Lord who died for you. Can you put them in the same sentence? Actually, I have some t-shirts to show you. Some, some funny ones. Look at that. Being a Christian isn't easy, but the, repri- the, tri- the retirement plan is amazing. I don't understand. Like, being a Christian isn't easy. What are you saying? That you can live a mediocre life right now, you know, because being Christian is not that fun. But hey, you don't go to hell. But if you want to do whatever you want, you're going to have hell of a life. Sorry for saying hell twice. But then you're not going to go to heaven. Is that really what it is? I know it's meant to be funny, but think about that statement. Next one. Lord, give me patience, because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money. In other words, don't change me. Give me what I need so that I don't lose my mind, right? It's funny. I get it. I get it. It's a joke. But sometimes we make these things so mundane that they lose their effect. And then we stop believing because we've made them meaningless. Next one. This one is just funny. I know, I know specific people here who, who would wear this shirt and rock it. Need it. <laughs> Need an ark? I know a guy. Get it? Next one. <laughs> Chill out. I'll be back in three days. I don't know what that means, but just, you know. Some of you could, could rock it. <laughs> and the last one. If God can make a bug's behind light up, think of what he can do with you. <laughs> I know. That's just silly. That's just a silly one. <clears throat> Listen, the promises of God are not just happy wishes or, or uh, uh, funny quotes and quips. The, the promises of God are not like floating dandelions in the wind looking pretty out there. They're meant to have an effect on you. They're meant to give you focus. And so let me get practical and specific. Because the first area in your life that God's promises are meant to affect is your vision. It's how you see your life. It's the direction of your life. God's promises are not only about what you can, what God can do, but they're about who you can become. They're not only about what God can do, they're about what you, who you can become. And this is an amazing psalm that we just went through. And this specific passage with each affirmation made uh, it's it's affirmation by someone the psalmist the writer of this song who has a vision and his vision has been completely affected by the good shepherd the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he he restores my soul even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death his rod and his staff he just keeps going it's it's somebody who has been completely 
reformed and transformed by God's promises. And then he closes with this beautiful scripture, which is what we're focusing today, the scripture we're focusing today. Psalm 23, 6, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine living like this is true. Imagine living your life, pointing your life in this direction. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I may have some enemies fighting against me, but goodness and mercy shall follow. I may be going through some difficult circumstances, but goodness and mercy are chasing me down. I know what's coming to me. I know the good shepherd has something good in store. Surely. I'm not doubting. I'm not hoping. I'm not thinking that maybe someday it might get a little better. Surely. I am sure. I am convinced i am persuaded and i am confident that goodness and mercy and kindness and grace are following me every day what a conviction so this is not just hope and expectation it's more than that this is about where your life is headed this is about direction it's about vision my question is can you see it in your life See, when the Lord is your shepherd, you you see things differently. You gain a positive outlook. And the the language of faith is a positive language. The language of faith is positive. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, said the apostle. Serve the Lord with gladness, said the psalmist. A thousand may fall by my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but evil will not come near me, said the king. The righteous falls seven times and rises again, said the preacher. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, said the prophet. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, says the scripture about you. A relationship with God gives you a positive outlook it does it changes your outlook and some of you you need to allow your vision to become positive because the enemy has been fighting you hard with circumstances with bad relationships he's been working hard to keep you in a negative outlook and to you making this confession surely goodness and mercy shall follow me feels like a lie. Some sort of Hail Mary mantra. But you doubt. You doubt that it will ever be true because it's not your reality right now. See, the first thing you need is godly vision. You've got to be able to see it. You have to be able to see it. Now, why is it important to have vision? Because vision orients your life decisions. Vision gives a direction to your life decisions. You can't walk toward what you can't see. You've got to be able to see it. You can't declare with your mouth what you can't see it in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. So vision is the precursor to action. And how do you get godly vision in your life? That's the million-dollar question, right? Well, I'm going to give you an answer that it's worth about a million dollars. And not, not technically, but, but it's pretty priceless. We know that a life with God requires obedience, right? We know that from the beginning, from the Torah, from the very first 
portion of God's relationship with his people. In Deuteronomy 28, he says, if you want to live in the blessing, if you want my promises, you have to choose life. You have to choose my way. In other words, you've got to be obedient. Obedience is important. Not this world way of obedience, you know, which means like me, submission beyond your personality. But, but it's obedience with a heart that wants to follow God, that desires the way of God. Jesus also said in John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And then he follows it up by saying, if, if you are my friends when you do what I command. In other words, obedience. You will take part in what I have for you when you obey, when you follow my way. Now, we know obedience for today. If, you, if, you, if you've been doing this for a little bit, you know obedience for today. And even if you're not a Christian here today, if you're kind of dabbing in the waters of Christianity and you're trying to figure out if this is your way, we live in a culture that is bathed in Christian principles. So we know the basics of how to be obedient today, right? You, you, you know not to steal. You know that cheating is bad. You know that you shouldn't lust. And Jesus taught us this. Love your neighbor. Turn the other cheek. Don't hate your brother in your heart. Don't hate your sister in your heart. There are these things that Jesus taught us, and they're all packed in right there in Sermon on the Mount. You start on Matthew 5, go through Matthew 8, and there's a life lesson for every single one of us right there. Words of Jesus. But how about vision for tomorrow? Vision is about tomorrow, right? So how about uh, obedience for tomorrow? How about having a godly vision, and, but still needing obedience for that vision? How can you obey for tomorrow? That's the question. In other words, how can your vision be obedient so that your tomorrow is in God's hands? And here's how you do that. You submit your vision to God's promises. Because as, as, as we've, we've been talking about, God's promises are, are a direction they're not just wishes that we make. And here's an example. I'll, sh I'll, I'll show you how, how. For example, here's a promise of God that you find in the Scriptures. With long life, He will satisfy me. It's a promise of God that, that He will satisfy your life with long life. Now, what do we do? Do we just repeat that over and over? No. The promise is that with long life, God will satisfy us. So what do we do? We allow that promise to shape our vision. That means that with with, with, with in turn, our vision shapes our behavior. So that, that shapes my diet. I can't eat whatever I want because with long life, it's going to satisfy me. So I got to take care of my body so that it lasts a long time. It means that it, it, my exercise routine submits to that vision. It means that my money management submits to that vision. Because if God is going to satisfy me with a long life, I'm not, I'm not living just for now. I'm living for 80. I'm not living just for now. I'm living for 90. My reputation matters. My relationships matter. And that begins to shape the vision that I have. I'm going to keep peace with relationships because I, I plan on, on seeing this promise be fulfilled in my life. I'm living like I'm going to see my grandchildren. And I'm going to have to answer questions from them about my life. And so that's my vision. 
Another promise of God. The righteous leaves an inheritance for their children's children. That's the promise of God in the scriptures. The righteous leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And I believe that that's the promise of God for every single one of you. You might have been uh, born poor with no inheritance, but God can, can use your life to change that in, the, in, the, in, your, in your family tree and make you the person who leaves an inheritance for your children. But it's not just, I'm not just in a, talking about finances. Because what it means here is that you will change the course of your lineage. So how does that affect your vision? It affects your vision in the fact that you're going to invest in what matters. You're not gonna, just going to leave an inheritance in terms of wealth, but, you, but a spiritual inheritance as well. And this is part of our vision here. Our parents' generation left Stanford with, filled with dying churches. That's just a reality. Our county is filled with dying churches, but not us. We're going to leave a vibrant church that is restoring marriages, empowering and teaching our youth, blessing the poor, and changing the world like you just saw in this video. That's our mission. Yes. It's not just for us. It's for our children and our children's children. So one day we're going to leave this earth. How amazing would it be for this community to be handed over to them and being vibrant and changing the world right here in Stanford? See, the promises of God shape our vision of the future, which in turn shapes our action today. And that's how you obey God and you submit your vision uh, uh, to your future vision to, to, to obedience and to God's will. Jesus explained this principle with the following parable. We find it in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 18. I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, again, it'll be like a man growing, going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To, to one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now there's a big difference in response here between the two men who put the money to work and the one who, who hid it in the ground. What was the difference? What was the difference between them? Well, let's look at it. We continue. Uh, verse 20, it says, The man who had received five bags of gold brought the, offer, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. So he brought all ten bags of gold to the master. But look at what he said. You entrusted me. This man saw it as an investment. He had vision for it, a relationship of trust in an opportunity, a good and positive vision, a good and positive thing. And so the same thing happened to the man who was given two bags of gold. Now look at the difference in outlook from the man who had one bag of gold. Uh, verse 25, uh, 24 and 25. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting 
you, where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. The difference was vision. He buried his gold in the ground because he couldn't see the promise. He couldn't see trust. He couldn't see opportunity. He couldn't see past his fears. His vision was negative. Therefore, his actions were negative. He lacked the vision to see the promise come to pass. I'm going to keep it very simple for you today. What do you want? What do you want with your life? Because at the end of the day, it's about your decisions. How are you going to live? We can all come here on a Sunday morning and sing. Be joyful. And I try to make, Alini and I try to make the scriptures as, as palpable and as practical as possible so that you can live it out. But this, this is a spiritual principle. What do you want? Do you want a positive life or do you want a negative life? Do you want to, to have a positive outlook or do you want a negative outlook? See, vision is not about where you are today. Vision is about where you're going. And I understand that we all have different personalities and different experiences. Some of us are naturally more positive. Some of us are naturally uh, more pessimistic. We have different pasts, different stories, different walls, different defense mechanisms. And all of that needs to be considered. It's important to present that to the Lord as well. But I got to tell you, it is really hard to be close to the Good Shepherd, to navigate Psalm 23 in your life, and make it a reality and still end up with a negative vision. It's really hard. Once you get close to the Good Shepherd, He begins to work in your heart and you begin to see things differently. See, I'm not talking about being happy or sad. I'm not talking about being rich or poor. I'm not talking about being confident or being afraid. I'm not talking about having people or being lonely because there might be times when you might be poor. You might be sad. You might be afraid. There might be seasons when you might be lonely. But you can still have a positive outlook. You can still confess and be full of faith. You can still say like the psalmist, Surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And do you know why the psalmist can say this with such confidence? Why he can confess, Surely goodness and mercy will, uh, shall follow me. Because his eyes are fixed on something specific. He has a specific vision. And the vision is inscribed in this very verse. What does he say? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His eyes are fixed on God's dwelling. His life is oriented. It's pointed to the house of the Lord. He's saying God's home is my home. God's dwelling is my dwelling. I have a direction. It's God's house. I have a vision. It's to have Him as my shepherd. And that vision shapes how I live and how I breathe. And the same is true for us. Our vision shapes how we live and how we breathe. So we got to have the same attitude as the psalmist and say, I don't care what life throws at me. 
I don't care what happens. God's promise has caused me to reorient my life. I don't live like the world. I don't talk like the world. I don't behave like the world. I don't see like the world. Where people see ruin, I see victory. Where people see destruction, I see restoration. Where people see the end, I see a new beginning. Where people see death, I know that God can speak to those dead bones and bring them back to life. That he can breathe his life in dead situations. That he can make things happen again. I'm not giving up my victory. I'm not walking in negativity. I'm walking in victory. I encourage you to talk like a winner. Act like God is for you. Because he is. See it. Friends, it all starts with vision. And if you understand that every promise of God finds its yes in Christ, That means living for Christ, living Christ-like. If you understand that God's promises are not loose statements, they're not mantras, they're not simply confessions, but they are meant to guide your life, to guide your decisions, to orient your life. And if you allow the promises of God to change your outlook, to have that effect in your heart where you believe again, You see it. And it may not be true immediately, but you can see it. You can see where God wants to take you. And you set your sights on the promises of God. And you allow faith to rise. And see what God sees for you. And begin to walk in that direction. You will not just confess it. You will not just believe it. But you will see it come to pass. That surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.